Hey guys, welcome to the Dragon's Voice podcast. I hope you've missed me so much because I've been on a bit of a break and I'm back with another podcast. So make sure you get the like, share, subscribe to the uh, YouTube channel because I'm always up, I'm trying to upload every Friday and also check out on Podbean my podcast as well, the audio format version. So it's all there for you guys. Sorry if I can't do it on Spotify because it's a... Uh, I don't know how to. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, it, it doesn't matter, but we got some more guests here coming for you now. And uh, I'm very fortunate to have this guy on the show because I do, I do highly rate him. I'm not trying to blow smoke, smoke up his backside or anything like that. I, I do v- value, um, rate uh, this person very well as a goalkeeper, uh, former Carnarvon player, uh, former TNS, former Real uh, he, he's been around, you know, he's had some success. It's and he's a current Baller Town goalkeeper. And I'm really dreading know what's gonna happen this Saturday, even though it's probably this podcast is pre-recorded. So it's Alex Ramsey. How's it going, Alex? Very well, thanks, mate. Um appreciate for you asking me for joining. I think um I've listened to a couple of yours already, mate. So I'm um I'm looking forward to um to a bit of a grilling, mate. <laughs> no, it's no problem. It's no problem at all. But uh, I've, um, like I said, uh, one of the names that does pop up in terms of uh, Welsh Premier League players is is you that I want to get on the show because uh, you have that talent. I've seen it where, um, especially with Barry, you know, going up against Baller and, and Carnarvon, but it was especially Carnarvon where I mostly saw you, you, um, the games, you know, uh, where Barry and Carnarvon played against and. Uh, top goalkeeper you know I, I must say fair play to you I mean I, I remember I know we, we said it um just before I started recording that you know how how are the how are the players are trying to get past you you know but uh, you've seen pretty uh you, you've had some success with various clubs but I'm too excited to, to not wait towards you know halfway through it I, I want to get down to the Carnarvon stuff because I mean you've you've had success you you've won the Camry Alliance you know and uh uh, the, the the support you get from the the Covey army and uh, you've probably seen two walls break down you know so it's a it's a, it's a mad mad what, what's it like with uh, Carnarvon Town what was it like to play for them you know yeah to, to be honest I I joined Carnarvon sort of not knowing an awful lot about the fan base really I mean obviously I've heard rumours but they've got really good fans and whatnot I um I spent three and a half years there and, and I really, really enjoyed my time there and, and, mm. and met some fantastic people. I mean, when I first joined, we, we were playing in the, the Cymru North as like it was the huge grey alliance as, that, as it was that time. And we were getting sort of like five, six hundred fans on a weekly basis. And then I played in a Boxing Day match against Port Maddock and it was just fucking mental, honestly. It was like... 1,200 fans, Port Maddock, Carnarvon, and it was just going off. And I was just like, Jesus. And this was just in the league below. And obviously, we we um, we got promoted from the from the Cymru North and came into the, the Welsh Prem. And again, like on a Friday night against TNSs, Connors Keys and whatnot, you're getting sort of 1,100 fans. And as much as as much as a little bit of cliche, it's it's it does make the game so much better if you are playing in front of fans. And, and with all with all due respect to to Carnarvon fans, they they were top top class, and they are top class. And obviously, we've I think the league itself has missed Carnarvon fans this year. I know obviously I'm not there, but um, it does give the league a little bit of a boost. It gives it a good sort of image from the outside. If you've got 1,200, 1,300 fans, so they're they're carnage, mate. They are literally carnage. I've been on a couple of nights out with them, and they are bonkers. Yeah, that's what um, 
uh, some of the supporters a, a barrier as well. We try to deal with the players, you know, and it, it, it's good. But um, so the relationship between, I actually, before you asked about the relationship between the players and the Carnarvon supporters, obviously, because you, you've been out with, um, you said you've been out with a few of the uh, supporters, but um, when you've, because uh, you played against Barrytown and of course, home and away, you know, what was it like, you know, uh, the, the fan base from your perspective between the Barry fans and the Carnarvon fans, because, you know, you've seen the, the passionate yeah. side of, both so what was it like to have that atmosphere around you did you feel like right this is a proper you know football event yeah definitely I think if you're looking at both sets of fans I mean Barry are well supported and, and it's one in the calendar that you probably look at and think home game Carnarvon versus Barry you know there's going to be a good crowd there there's going to be a little bit of atmosphere there's going to be a lot of noise certainly so um I think Barry have got a good reputation in the fact that you know they're well supported, that you know they're going to bring some good fans. And when you go there, it's a little bit of a, not so much a hostile environment because the, the, the ground is so open at Barry. It's just like you're trying to pick out the pick out the fans, but you can certainly hear them with the drum and whatnot. And um, no, it's, it's definitely one that you sort of look at in the, in the diary and look forward to that, certainly. And uh, so going on to the relationship between the Carnarvon supporters then, you know, they, they look after you very well. You know, it's it's a it's a good relationship. So, is there any particular moment that stands out for you that the Carnarvon fans have, uh, whether or not they defended you or have looked after you or taken you out somewhere? Is there anything any particular moment that stands out for you that holds a place in your heart with the Carnarvon fans? Yeah, I mean, I don't think they see me see me as a friend at the moment just because obviously I left them and yeah. and they've just beaten us actually on the weekend. So I can't see I can't see um can't see them liking me at the moment. But there is um. We've had a couple of really good home wins on a Friday night. Um, we, we beat TNS on a Friday night, and they, there must have been about 1,100, 1,150 fans. And we always went and sort of gave them a clap after the game, and they were sort of singing. They were singing this stupid chant that they they sing about me, and I just I did it was a bit of a goosebump goosebumps uh, feeling really because they all crowd behind the goal and it's they're singing your name and whatnot. I know it's, it's the Welsh Prem and whatnot, but um, it, it was really, really good. And that will always stick out to me, that that one sort of moment. It was on film as well, so I've sort of got that. So they, they were great, mate. They, they were really, really good. They, they followed the team home and away. Um, and they were class, like every good performance a lad puts in on the pitch. They were always, you'd, you'd always have a message straight after the game when you go on your phone saying, well done, mate, blah, 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 blah. So, it's, mate, they're, they're, they're good as gold. Um, like I said, they don't seem too favourable now, but um, yeah. they were a class to play under, honestly. Yeah. It's like with the players, they, they like breaking down barriers, but the Canava supporters like to break down walls, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I played in that game, which killed us, mate, to be fair, because we it was a playoff... Um, it was a playoff semi-final against Cardiff Met at home, the one I played in, and we were on top. We were 1-0 up. And then... Yeah, we had just gone one up, and obviously the, the the wall went down, and it just killed momentum of the game, and we sort of just lost momentum, lost momentum, and then ended up losing the game sort of three one. So, um, but you can't sort of fault their their enthusiasm to get around the players. To be fair, and uh, did, did you play in any of the derbies between Bangor and Carnarvon? Because I think there was one in the Welsh Cup, which was at yeah. Bangor's ground. So. What was that like for you to be playing in that particular derby? Because it's a very fierce one, considering, you know, it is Welsh Premier League or the Welsh League system of football. It's not, uh, I, I don't want to narrow it down because I, I've, you know, seen some of the footages and everything and it is a very intense rivalry. Um, you could say it is sort of the the North Wales derby comparing to like Cardiff and Swansea with their South Wales derby. So what was that like to be playing in that particular match? 
Yeah, that, the, um, that was a bit of a funny one, really, because the anticipation that the sort of the weeks leading up to the match, you sort of saw, you, you saw how many tickets had been sold and it was creeping up, creeping up, and it was getting towards the 2000 mark. And all the players were like, what is going on here? Like, never, I've never played in front of a crowd like that. Um, turned up at the ground and it was actually belting down with rain and there was massive doubt whether the game was going to go on. And obviously everyone had bought their, their tickets and all the players were desperate to get the game on. Um, and even in, in the water, I think they brought the Carnarvon fans in first. There's a thousand Carnarvon fans and they split them up and whatnot. So even in the warm-up, the, the, the ground was absolutely bouncing. I brought a couple of mates up who played professional cricket and they didn't know much about the Welsh Prem and they looked at it and they're like, fucking hell, like this is actually it's decent. Um, so it was, it was a great game to play and obviously it helped that we won. I mean, the second half when I played in front of the Bangor fans, I got dogs abuse like I got coins thrown at me everything the referee was stopping it because coins were being thrown at me but that was um no that was a top top game to play and that was a really really enjoyable game do you know what if if, if you had like a bit of a wallet or something and I would have gone oh thank you that's gonna go in my money box <laughs> yeah. <Thank you> very <laughs> much <laughs> first round's on you <laughs> you know I, I I've never um I've always looked forward to you know, games with Carnarvon and Bangor and especially teams of North Wales, because there seems to be a bit of a rivalry between the North teams and the Southern teams, but especially around with Barry, because I think if, because of the success they've had back in the day or whatever. But I, I just, um, I was always looking forward to, um, I remember when Bangor City, when they were in the Welsh Premier League, and it was ironic because it was our first season back in the Welsh Premier League and Bangor's last season in the Welsh Premier League because of the problems they had. And I had so much hope that um, uh, so much hope that they would bring in a good, decent crowd to the game where we were coming back and playing at their ground. And there was had, well, there were people, there were fans there, but it wasn't as much as a following that we saw at Canabra. We were a bit let let down, but we didn't know at the time what was going on with them. And I found out sometime after from the club secretary of Bangor in 76. So uh, it was a bit upsetting because we were just really going, right, Bangor, Carnarvon, let's do this. Have it. We're, we're going to have a bumping, bumping trip here. Let's do this. And then go to Bangor. We're like, ah, oh. then we go to Carnarvon and go, Jesus Christ, here we go. You know, it's, I, I, I got all the respect and a lot of time for Carnarvon supporters. It's so funny because I was the one who brought the drums with me. And we had these rubbish drumsticks. Ah, oh, they were cheap. And, <laughs> and I remember it was a time when um, we actually won at uh, the Oval. Uh, Marcus Jones scored against you. He was in the dying minute. But I remember halfway yeah, through. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, but I remember the the Carvey Army were going, oh, stick your and drum up, stick your fucking drum up your ass. And <laughs> and then I just gave the drum a bit of a whack and the stick just went snap and whoo, went. And everyone, all the comic fans went, well done. Yeah, you just proved our point. And we just went, and because it was only six of us or eight of us, we all just went like that, went, okay, uh, just move on, just throw the drum somewhere, <laughs> hide. <laughs> but then it was afterwards though, where, um, <laughs> the coach driver who, who took because we travel with the players yeah. and the coach went through the coach driver went through um, some parts of North Wales and our club secretary was sat at the front and some of us were sat at the back with the players you know just talking to him and you know you get that little barrier thing at the front of the coaches and the club sec was leaning like that and he just popped his head up like a meerkat just went where are we and then we all just looked around 
we were nowhere. We were not in Wales anymore. We were just halfway into Liverpool. <laughs> we were there going, oh, great. And Cooper, the defender, just went, it's all right, lads, let's have a fun night in Liverpool. It's like, no, we got to get home. <laughs> so I, I was I was brassic because I had to stay overnight um, with the players and everything. So I was there going, how am I going to... F-? And I just said to the players, well, if we're going into Liverpool, you're paying for my hotel room. I don't give a shit. So... <laughs> Some jeans on the get out. Yeah, oh, it was so funny. But um, another North Wales team I want to mention that you have played for was um, Real. Um, yeah. were, is this exactly similar to Bangor and Canava in terms of their support and in terms of, I mean, because they folded, bless them, but now they're restarting. But what was it like to play for Real? Because I think you were on loan, was it twice or something that uh, you yeah, played so for? I, I went on loan as a youngster. I think I was, you know, I think I was about 18 the first time I went to Real. Um, 18 or 19, and I played in the, in, again, in the Cymru North and like the, the huge Grey Alliance um, from TNS. And, and we won that. We actually won that season. We went and beat and we did lose a game. Um, and then it came to the end of the season and, and I was thinking I didn't really want to play full-time anymore. I wanted to go into sort of more of my coaching career and TNS offered me a contract, which I sort of turned down to go and play at, um, play at real part-time and, and coach full-time. So that was, um, and I spent... I spent two years, yeah, I think I spent two years at Real playing in the Welsh Prem, which was which was good, mate, to be fair. The, I would say that the, the rivalry between Real and Bangor is even fiercer than, than, than Bangor and Carnarvon. Um, we, we were lucky enough to sort of play some Boxing Day games against Real, uh, against Bangor, sorry, home and away, and they were very, very well attended. Um, and we actually managed to do okay in those games. But again, with, with Real, obviously, it's such a shame what's happened to them because... I've played in front of some fantastic crowds at Real and the ground itself is one of the nicest Welsh Welsh grounds I've played at, certainly. Um, but again, was looked after really well at Real. Um, some good, good people, Greg Strong and whatnot. He was my manager there. He was a good, good guy. Um, so really enjoyed my time there, mate, yeah. And uh, was there any uh, highlights for you at Real? Because um, I think you're one of the first it could be Mark Lloyd. I don't know if he played for Real, but I think you're one of the first ones, former Real players I've got on the show. So is there any particular moment that stands out for you, apart from winning, uh, obviously, the coming North or the Q's Grace Alliance title? Was there any highlight for you while you were at Real that sticks out in your mind? That, again, just the, the day we won the Hughes Grey Alliance, it was away at... Uh, who did we play? We played, at, we played at Ryder Town away on a Saturday. And, you know, I, I don't know if you've been to Ryder Town, but it is so far away. Um, and we managed to get loads and loads of fans down there. I think we only needed a point. And I think we won the game 1-0 in the end. And the celebrations after the game were just wild um, because it was, it was such a big thing for Real to sort of go back up into the league. So... That certainly sticks out to me. Um, we, we did okay. We, we played, um, we actually lost in the playoff final um, the first season I was there in the, in the, in the Welsh Prem. We lost against Bangor away in the playoff final to get Europe. So that was sort of memorable in the wrong ways, but it was a good game to play in because, again, it was, it was very, very well attended. Obviously, real Bangor derby in the playoff final to get Europe. It was it was huge, huge game. So um, that was a top, top game to play. And I don't actually think I played particularly well in that game, if I'm honest. But, um, no, but it's it, it, I've met some really good people at Real. Again, it's it's a top, top club and, and, and very well attended. So um, I'm sure we'll see them rise up through the leagues, no doubt, because there's, um, there's, some, there's some good people there. Yeah. And uh, I, I always... Uh... 
I always thought that Carnarvon or Bangor Real were the furthest, you know, or Llan did know that we we gone and played against. But it's just, um, it's like some of the guys I've spoken to, you know, they said, you think that's far try going to Hollyhead or something like that? And I'm thinking to myself, I dread oh, I the day. <laughs> that's not a nice place to go to, I tell you. Well, what's it like there? Is it uh, not? It's always windy. It's so open. So you turn up and every game I played there is just a hurling wind. So it's just like one half as a goalkeeper. I hate playing against the wind as well. So you've got you've just got balls peppered at you for 45 minutes. And then if you manage to get through that, it's not so bad because then you can lump them up field and it's uh, just kick them as far as you can, really, which is what I do anyway. <laughs> is it playing with the wind then? It's just you know, just trying to kick it downfield and try and get it as low as possible or, you know. Yeah, what I try and do is get it as far away as my goal as I can. But um, it's against the wind. It's tough, mate. When you're playing against a hurling wind and you kick it as hard as you can and it just lands outside your 18-yard box. And fucking hell, I've got 45 minutes of this. <laughs> <laughs> so um, one one club I'm going to mention before, I, it seems to me I'm going to go back in time a bit, but I'll make sure I mention a few other things. But one club I've got to mention is Kaya Seuss, um, because you were on loan at the club. And I yeah. don't know if I don't know if it's this one or it was another club, but what's his name? Uh, Mickey Evans was his name. Uh, Evans, yeah. Was he yeah. was he there when you went on loan to Mickey was my first manager. So I, I went on loan when I was uh, to be honest, it was a bit of a weird one because I I did the scholarship at TNS and I was 16, 17. And to be honest, I wasn't that arsed on playing. I didn't think I could play at an okay level. I was pissing around my mates loads of times and with the college games and playing outfield. And then um, I played a couple of good games in goal and then I just thought, fuck it, I'm going to give this a, a bit of a go. I was training regularly with the first team and whatnot. And then my second year scholar, so I was like 17, I went on loan to, to Kai Seuss which Mickey Evans was in charge. And he's like quite, he's, he's an elderly bloke. He's such a lovely guy, Mickey Evans. And he's, he was great for me. Um, and I went there when I was 17, walked into the changing room. I wasn't really comfortable with like, sort of getting fucking naked when showering and stuff like that. It was just all new to me. It was mad, it was, it was crazy, but there was loads of grown men. I was 16, 17. I was just like, wow, this is, I'm well out of my comfort zone here. Um, but it was great. It was unbelievable playing in the Cumbria North again. Oh, fucking hell, I've played some seasons in that now. Um, <laughs> I, I played in the Cumbria North and we had a really good team. We had a really good team. We had Graham Evans, who's like a Welsh Prem legend, sort of played for Aberystwyth and whatnot. Mickey's son. He had just joined us from, from, um, from Aberystwyth. And I think we finished third in the season and I did really well as a 17-year-old. I picked up players, player, young player of the year. So I scooped the awards that the awards do. And that was unbelievable, mate. That was such a good introduction to senior football because it was just surrounded by good, good people. And Mickey Evans was unbelievable. He was he was um, such a good guy to play for just because I had so much respect for him. And I still have, I still keep in contact with Mickey regularly and Graham. Um, but it was great. It was really good. We had a good cup run. I think we got knocked out by Port Talbot in the, in the Welsh Cup. But it was just good, mate. It was just a really, really good year and um, a good introduction to senior football, certainly. What's, is um is Mickey still a Kaiasus or has he gone on to other things now? I I don't I think he certainly goes and goes and watches them. Um, whether or not he's he's actually I don't think he's manager. I think Mark Griffiths is manager actually, which is Mickey's son-in-law. So I think he probably um, has a has has a little bit to do with them. Whether or not he he um, he takes the famous team talks in the, in the half time again, I'm not sure. But um, it's all no, running in the family. 
it's all in the family. Yeah, then. he passes it down. I know Graham had a bit of a spell as gaffer, and then he's just passing it down to Mark. But again, Mark and Graham, great guys, really, really good guys, and um, people I've got a lot of time for. So let's let's talk about TNS then, because I know you had the uh, the scholarship, you know, and you're only a young kid. Um, so this is going to be around about the time where, what in the coming into the late noughties, early 2010s or something like yeah. that. Uh, just correct yeah. me if I'm, I'm wrong anyway. No, but, no, no, it's right, right, right. Um, So who was, was it Craig Harrison's Green and White Army? That, or was it Mike, Mike Davis actually signed me. So I don't know if you remember Mike Davis. Again, he's a really good family friend and whatnot. And he gave me my first contract at TNS. Um, and then halfway through my first season, I remember we lost. I was on the, I was on the bench all that year for the first season. I remember we lost a game at Lido, I think. And I just think he'd just had enough. Every, all the players could sort of see it in his eyes that he'd had enough. And then it just sort of came the next day that he said he was leaving. Um, and then Craig Harrison came in, who who was great. I, I've got an awful lot of time for Craig. I think his man management is, is, is outstanding. Um, and I was lucky enough to play in that year where, well, I played three while I was on the bench for for two or three years where they had a top, top team like Scotty Roscoe was playing, Greg Draper was was bagging in goals, Steve Evans and Pip and obviously Paul Harrison was was flying, Spender, Marriott, all those people were just in their peak. And it was just it was it was a pleasure to watch. I was lucky enough to be involved in some unbelievable European ties, um, home and away. And it was just a really good experience, mate. I didn't I didn't play as much as I'd like, obviously, because H is a top, top keeper. Um, I think I played one game at Newtown in the, what was it called? It was something called the, it was a League Cup or something like that. And I had a howler. I was only young, played away at Latham Park when it was grass. And a ball was coming through. I think Spender passed it back to me. I'd gone to smash it, bobbled over my foot and it, someone's popped it in. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't think I'm a gig in the league anyway, but um no, it was it was good. It was good. TNS was good again. Um, they allowed me to go on loan to Real, which was which was which is really beneficial to my career at the time. So um, I've got I've got a lot of respect for TNS, and I still still speak to um, a number of people down there that I'm close with. With um, with that in mind, just keeping on to TNS for a moment, did you ever any um, encounters with um, uh, Harris? I keep forgetting his first name. I don't know if it's Mark or Mike Harris. Um, Mike, Mike Harris, yeah. Yeah, Mike Harris. Uh, did you ever come across him? Um, and if you have, what, what, what's he like as a person? Because he can be a very, you know, um, uh, an interesting character, let's just say, because, you know, his, his contribution to the club and some people, you know, are very divided by, you know, the way he approaches the Welsh yeah. Premier League. But what, what if, you, if you have, um, what, what was he like, you know, just as a person or the times you've just come across him? I, I haven't. I didn't deal with him so much when I was a youngster, really. I mean, what I will say about Mike is, if I see him now, he's a nice guy, really, really nice guy. Um, I've got, I haven't got a bad word to say about Mike. The only time he sort of gives me some bad words is when he's behind my goal at either Carnarvon or Ballo, and he abuses me a little bit. But listen, it's it's part of parcel of the game, isn't it? But again, you, you hear some stories about him coming into the changing room and whatnot, and maybe giving it to the players, and and but. I guess that sort of shows his passion behind the club and behind the league, really. You can't fault what he's done. He's he's created a, a team that's been so dominant over the last sort of 10, 15 years in the Welsh Prem. So um, you hear stories, mate, don't you? I, again, I haven't, I haven't got any to share just because I don't, from what I, from face-to-face value, he's been good as gold with me, if I'm honest. He, um, he's been really good with me and I've got, I've got, um, I've got a lot of time for Mike, to be fair. 
And especially now, because with because Koniski have now taken, you know, broken the sort of streak with TNS on the on the run, you know, with winning the Welsh Premier League or the Camry Premier, however you want to pronounce it or say about it. But now it's like with Bala, because you're playing with them, it's now the top three chase. And of course, you can mention Barry because they're sort of always behind Bala, Koniski and TNS and everything now. But to you, from your perspective, um, have you noticed a, a, a change with the league? Not as a, you know, oh, we're going to change this. But have you noticed if, if the change is there where there could be just, not just TNS winning title, but Bala could be on the run now or Barry. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Or yes, that definitely. Obviously, I was, I played in the league when I was 19. Um, and it was always TNS. And then there was like, who finished second was a little bit, Bit sporadic, really. Some 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 clubs might finish second one year, and then the other ones. But what I find now is that the league itself, um, it's it, it, tactically, it's a lot more demanding, and it's 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 improved dramatically. And whether that's down to the managers, I'm, I'm sure it will be. There's some really really good managers within the league now, and obviously, look, the money helps. There's more money in the league now. Um, there's better players in the league, so and it's it's it's, it's well it's it's well broadcasted the league, so. I think it's quite an exciting league to play in. Um, it helps with the European spots, no doubt. So you look at some of the top teams now. I mean, I, I joined Bala for that reason. I wanted to be up towards the top of the league and, and, and challenging for that for that league title. I mean, obviously, it's taken a bit of a dip the last couple of games and it's going to be difficult for us to win it. But Connors Kia, the most well-drilled side I've I've seen playing or, or just watching they've got a, they've got a set piece for every scenario and I think that's that's half the battle when playing in the Welsh Prem is if you're organised and you're well drilled and you've got a good changing room honestly that's half the battle it really really is um, and, and, and we've got lads that want to work hard and want to run and, and, and have got a good team spirit it's, it's fucking half the battle honestly it really really is um, and you're seeing that at Carnarvon with all due respect but it's, it, I'm not speaking out of turn. Players, uh, teams might look at it and think people had be- uh, teams had better players than us. But what we had, we had a really, really good team spirit, and we were ready to run for for the manager and also the club. And I see that at Bala now. Like we've got a top, top changing room at Bala. One of the best changing rooms I've been at Bala, honestly. And um, got some good, good people with a mix of youngsters and some experienced pros. And, and obviously the, the staff are great as well. So it, the league's going to get better and better, mate. I genuinely feel that. I think the league's going to get better and better and it will attract better players as, as the years go on, certainly. Um, so you've got that camaraderie then where uh, you've got, you know, the players that you need and it's that uh, togetherness just to get back, you know, and hopefully with, um, with hopefully with this season, it's like, I just want the season to be done with, to be honest with you. It is, yeah, mate, I'm, it, I'm in that sort of boat, yeah. Yeah, and hopefully the next season it's a little bit more simpler and a lot better, you know, and hopefully the fans yeah. can get back in. But um, I want to mention, because you mentioned European football, so who did you... Because um, I, I did have it down. I don't know where my other note is, so, so uh, God help me with this one. So, uh, But um, you played uh, European football, uh, and who was it for? Was it for a variety of clubs, so like uh, Bala or... Um, um, I would say Rilba or TNS. So who did you? It was, it was, I, I, I experienced European football in, at TNS. So I was never, I never played, I never made an appearance, but I was, I was on the bench um, for TNS. Some really good games. We played away at Cliftonville, home and away. There was some top, top teams, like really good atmosphere. 
Um, we played away at Sweden one game. I can't remember who we played against. It will come to me after. But that, again, playing in massive stadiums, massive crowds. And then we played against Michelin, which is a very well-known European team who've done recently really well in, um, in European football recently, sorry. Um, they were some really good games to play in, but it was always in the back of my mind that I've never made an appearance. And again, when, when I spoke to Colin about going into Balor in the, in the summer, the European football was massive sort of drag to me and I desperately wanted to make an appearance in, in Europe, um, whether that be once or 10 times. And I'm obviously, we, it was so different this year with Balor just because the, obviously COVID struck and whatnot. Um, there was only one tie played fucking hell, I can't even remember who we played now oh is it for Ballard yeah. Um, yeah we played away who did we play Valletta I can't even remember Valletta sorry yeah we played away at Valletta and it was it was one of those games where it was like well, listen we've got 90 minutes here like, so it's no two legs and and we'd sort of done our homework on them and, and we managed to win so it was it was, it was unbelievable because that was my, my debut for Ballard I made a penalty save and we won that the club have never done in Europe in sort of seven or eight times try, and they've gone through the first qualifying round. So you can imagine the chairman was dancing around because he's managed to make a few quid, and um, it was good. it was gold, mate. I couldn't have asked for a sort of better debut, and, and the sort of camaraderie that, that that led after the game was was unbelievable as yeah. well. So it was it was good, mate. And just imagine, you know, because you went up against Standard Liège in the following round, and yeah. that's a big club as well, you know, big Belgian club. To play against, I mean, I know it was a way, but the experience must have been, you know, thrilling, exciting. Um, but it's just a shame that you couldn't have a home and away, and you know, had few followers, fans, and everything. But what was it like to go up against Standard Liège? Yeah, that was a tough one. That, we actually drew them at home, so we drew them at home. It actually came out the pot, and we drew them at home. And I think there was Connor's key were playing at home as well, and. I think all the players were really pushing for the the tie to get reversed so we could go and play in their stadium and go to Belgium. Thankfully, Nigel managed to pull it off somehow, um, and and we went to play. We went to play there, and we we you always train the night before at the stadium of the European game. So we went there on a Wednesday night. We trained. We walked into the stadium. We were like, oh, "Fuck, mate!" We we're like, "This is unbelievable!" Like it was massive. There was tunes blaring. Um, it, it was a good game. I mean, thankfully, I did okay in that game as well. But um, it's just such a shame, mate. Like, we, you looked at that. You, you obviously did the research on Standard Liège prior to playing them. And the fan base is massive. Um, it was just such a shame that we couldn't play in front of their fans because I think that would have been a sort of experience that you just do not forget for the rest of your life. But, I mean, hopefully we can we can qualify this year and, and then and then play against a similar sort of side next year. But um, it, it, it was good, mate. You're playing against some serious, serious professionals there and you could you could see how good they were. And, and thankfully, we didn't. We only lost 2-0 in the end. Do you know what? It was, it was funny because I remember watching the game and, and of course, you know, I, I wouldn't really be supporting any Welsh Premier League team aside from Barry, but because it was in European football and you're supposed... And you're representing Wales, you know, and it's, uh, yeah. it's a huge opportunity. And I was actually, glad, I was actually glad that um, it was only two 0 because I thought, you know what, that's some people we make, you know, in prof some professional levels in the football league, they go, oh no, we lost two 0 How can? But for someone for like us with the ex because of the experience and the history of Welsh football when it comes to European competitions, it's not always been that 
uh, outstanding, let's just say. So to go out and just only just get concede two goals, it's not really that bad to say the least. But yeah. uh, but going up against Standard Liège, you, you know, you're kind of expecting a really competitive and somewhat difficult side, you know. And um, but it must have been, you know, you got the pictures there to prove, like, hey, I played against Standard Liège, I've got the yeah. experience to say, you know. But um, but going keeping on with uh, Bala. Uh, one of the best games I've seen, uh, but this is before you signed. It was just that five-two victory we had against Bala. Um, for we, we qualified for Europe. But when um, when you went to Bala, how did that transfer happen? And what was the reason behind going to Bala as well? Um, good question. Um, obviously, COVID struck and sort of put our season to the halt. Um, and I'd forgotten about football, really. I didn't really speak to any club. And, and, a, and a certain club rang me up and sort of made me an offer very early on um, when the season had been cancelled. And that sort of just sort of, um, sort of got me thinking and, and what I wanted to do and whatnot. I'd, I got on really well with Sean Early at Carnarvon, I must say. I think he's one of the, he's the nicest guys I've ever met in football. He is, and he's, he's fucking wild as well as a manager. He's great to play under. Um, and it was a weird, it was a bit of a tricky one. I knew there was going to be changes at Carnarvon that season. Um, I, I certainly knew there was going to be changes. At, obviously, Carnarvon's an hour and a half from me, so it's a, the travelling commitments were, were always going to be tough for another season uh, alongside a full-time coaching role. So um, I, I know Colin pretty well. Um, I've coached his son before, so I know him pretty well. So I always have regular conversations with him and it just got up in topic of what my plans were and I wasn't sure I was out of contract and we, we sort of spoke over the next next couple of weeks and, and he offered me something. So, um, like I said earlier in the, in the conversation, the big, the big pull to Ballo was one, I wanted to be at the top of the league. I wanted to be, and, and, and with all due respect to Carnarvon, I, I didn't feel like I was going to do that um, with them. Um, and, and European football, like I said, I always wanted to play in Europe, and, and Bala was a, an, an opportunity to go and tick off that, that sort of tick off that um, that goal of mine straight away. So, but I'm I, I was a little bit sort of nervous going into Bala. Didn't really know an awful lot of the players. I'm lucky enough to that one of my best mate Will Evans signed as well for Bala. So it was sort of going in there together. But it's mate, it is unbelievable. I've it is such a good changing room there and the people behind the scenes, even from Nigel to Ruth and, and the, the people that look after the club are unbelievable, mate, honestly. And the, um, the, the scousers and, and stuff like that, they're just fucking funny, mate. It's just a really, really good changing room. And I think after that game we won at Malta, it was, it was, it was carnage. It was like, obviously it was COVID. We went into the, went into the, uh, the hotel and there was no people staying there barely because, because of COVID, we couldn't go out. So usually Welsh Prem clubs go out and they sort of go out in Malta, couldn't go out. And then I think Nigel, the chairman, had sorted out like a beach bar, like a private beach bar in the hotel. And we went down there and it was fucking unbelievable. And Nigel had said, listen, free bar, free bar tonight. So I was ordering like 50 Jager bombs. I was saying to the waitress, I was like, 50 Jager bombs, sort of carrying on my head into the lads. And there was loads of cheese. It was just funny mate and those those types of nights just like bring teams together and I think because we had that so early on as a new group of players we'd signed a number of players it just made us a tighter group of players and um we've got a good change room mate and it's 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 a good good club there mate I must say who's who's the owner did you say or the chairman or the owner it was Nigel, Nigel yeah with right 
I want to I want to be sure about this, right? Because there's a lot of people who see that. Because a lot of people always ask about Bala, where they get their money from. You know, it's like where the, where's it coming up? And someone mentioned Disney, right? Seeing that he owns the rights to Disney. Is, is that true? He owns the right to he, or franchise of Disney. I'll be honest, I haven't I haven't heard about the Disney. He owns his own massive pajama company, so he manufactures pajamas and has like huge. Um, huge like deals I think like with Tesco and, and and I think that's how he sort of made his money I mean what I will say he's a workaholic he's our kit man as well the chairman he, he doesn't he doesn't let anyone touch his kit he likes to set the kit out he does all the balls and whatnot and um he works hard mate he's a lovely lovely bloke Nigel I've got an awful lot of time for him um but that's how he makes his money I mean I mean fact thankfully you Balor have qualified in Europe over the last few years so it's sort of pay for the wage there I'd imagine but um yeah, pajamas, mate. I think he he's made his money on. <laughs> oh my god! Because the, the the funny thing was is that because you hear you know when people want to invest into a football club, especially in Welsh football, right? You want to know where the money comes from, where their money comes from, because you know if you're investing into a club. And the funniest thing about it is that we were having a conversation about it, and someone said, "Oh, I think he owns the Disney franchise for the UK." And so, and someone just shouted, "I've never heard it." <laughs> Someone just showed up. Within three years, Balor are going to win the title in five years. I'm telling you that now. <laughs> I thought I wouldn't blame them. So, uh, <laughs> oh, but fair play though. Pajamas, oh, see if I can get an order for one. <laughs> get, it in, get it in. Acroid pajamas. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, to, with the players, especially Chris Venables, you know, because he's been the talk of the talk of the, the, the Welsh Premier League, not just talk of the town, talk of the Welsh Premier League because of how brilliant he is at, at playing, you know. So um, I know we, we briefly talked about him before, you know, the, the, the recording of the podcast. So um, what's he like to be around him, especially as a player? I mean, what's he like to be? Yeah, he, great guy, Venice. Um, I didn't know him particularly well, if I'm honest, before joining joining Canal, uh, joining Ballas, sorry. But there's, there's sort of no surprise why he's done so well. He, he's, a, he's a sort of such a top professional, even at playing in a part-time league. He looks after himself very well. And I know it's quite cliche, but he's always doing extras after the training, finishing and whatnot. Um, always sort of looking after his nutrition after the game and whatnot. And he's, I don't know how old Venice is. I think he's 35 now, but there's not a, there's not an ounce of fat on him. You look at him and you think, fucking hell, like, there's not an ounce of fat on him. He looks after himself so well. And there's sort of no, there's no surprise why he's done so well in the league and why he's scored that many goals in the league. Um, but in terms of a character, he's, he's not, I wouldn't say he's the loudest in the, in the changing room, but he is very funny, like comes out with some dry, witty comments, like one-liners that are just fucking golden. It has all the lads in stitches. But I think the good thing about Venice is, although he's not maybe the loudest in the changing room, if, if he needs to say something or, or something needs to be said, he's always the one to do that. And obviously, as you'd expect being the captain, but he top, top bloke, really, really nice bloke very down to earth and just just all round top bloke. Is there any um, particular character from the clubs you played that have stood out for you? Is there one that particularly goes, yeah, he, he was funny to play with or to be around? Which one would that be? I, oh, I do you know, there's some good lads at Carnarvon. I, I get on really well with Gaz Edwards, who, who plays at Carnarvon now, the centre-half, the big, tall centre-half. And he is such, he is so funny, mate, honestly. He's one of, I think he's one of the best guys I've had in the changing room. Um, in all the changing rooms I've had, he's just fucking hilarious. Gets the lads going, like, good on a night out, good organiser, good captain. 
Um, <laughs> he, he's probably the standout for me just because he's so fucking funny. But there's some good lads at Bauer, like Casey, Anthony K obviously played hundreds of league games. He's fucking funny in the change room, mate. He's got some stories and whatnot. And he's like a little kid. He's like all these little kiddie jokes, although he's sort of 37, 38. He's, got, he's the biggest kid in the change room. Um, honestly, I can't say a bad word about the lads at Bauer. They're such nice lads. And um, unfortunately, bar the, bar the Malta night, we haven't actually had a night out yet just because COVID restrictions. Yeah. But I'm sure when we manage to get our jeans and jeans and polos on, we'll, we'll be going out there. <laughs> With all the Luke tops or the uh, Stone Island stuff. Yeah, yeah go well, on. Well, yeah, it's not my sort of clobber, but I'm sure some of them are <laughs> Stone Island jumper. <laughs> uh, you know what? The, 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 the one player for Carnarvon that always stands up for me and um, my, my, my dad and um, my uncle is a huge Everton fan. And that's Nathan, uh, Nathan Craig, um, who yeah. played for um, Everton, but he is Mr. Carnarvon, you know, and yeah. uh, yeah, and I, I imagine he's a very important, he was an important part of the, of the let's see, not just the squad, but the family at uh, Carnarvon. Uh, what was he like to be around, you know, especially coming from, you know, Everton and, well, he's a home, but he's a Carnarvon boy, so of yeah. course he's going to be influential, but what was he like to be in, in the club and especially in the squad with you guys? Yeah, he's a really nice guy, Nathan. I'll be honest, like he's not the most vocal captain I've ever had. In my first couple of seasons, he was captain. He's, he's quite quiet, if I'm honest. Um, keeps himself to himself. But again, if, if if something needs to be said, he'll say it. I guess why why he was so good at Carnarvon is because he, he worked in the community. So he, was, he had that link between um, sort of uh, encouraging younger fans to come and watch Carnarvon because he was working in the community with, um, with a number of schools and, and clubs and whatnot. So... He was he was good for the club in that respect, um, and obviously on the pitch, I think I think Nathan would probably tell you himself he's probably underachieved. I think technically he's one of the best players I've played with. Nathan Craig, his left foot is like a fucking wand. Um, I think he's bagged a couple of free kicks against Barry actually off the top of my head. I think Don't he, talk to me about that. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think he's yes, he has. So, um, but no, he's he, he's good, mate. Like I said, he keeps himself to himself. Um, he's not one of the livelier characters in the group, but. Um, I'm sure if you get a couple of WKDs or Smirnoffs down him, he'll, he'll, he'll give you a couple of dance moves, maybe, I don't know, but I'm yet to see it anyway. Uh, um, I, I want to know about this because recently I was on uh, Twitter and I think it was the game that you played against TNS. Um, and I, I was on Twitter and my good friend of mine, Nick Latham, shout out to you, Nick, um, he said to me, oh, have you seen what's said on Twitter? I went, oh, I... I don't know what was what I said been on Twitter because there's loads of things that can happen on social media and then it was was it Lee Molly Molly New or something like that and uh, he called out TNS and Anna Oscar. what was that about then what, what what was going on I don't think I'm speaking out to him but I'll fucking tell you anyway but um, that was it was a bit of a strange one really I I get on quite well with Roscoe. I, I spent a little bit of time in Cardiff because I know Will Evans so I spent some nights out there and met him and whatnot but. From what I gather, anyway, I, I think he'd sort of, in, in footballing terms, cashed off Johnny Spittle. So I think he'd made a remark about how much money he's on and, and maybe getting more money than, than a Baller player. And that doesn't go down well with at, at any level, at any sort of level, let alone the Welsh Prem, when, when no one's on extortion amounts of money. So I think, I think a few of the lads had a bit of a dig at him on the pitch and, and sort of got onto him. And, and Lee Molyneux, is, Lee Molyneux played 400 league games. So he's probably not dealt with that an awful lot and he's played a much higher level than um, than, than most Welsh Premier 
Premier League players. So I was a little bit surprised to see the tweet, if I'm honest. I haven't actually seen if it's got much reaction or whatnot. I think it, I think it probably did, but um, yeah, it was just, it was just, I, I, I don't think there's any sort of harm in it from Adam Roscoe, if I'm honest. I think it was just sort of a, a spear of the moment thing. And um, I don't think there's any sort of, yeah, there was no harm meaning of it at all. So, um, but yeah, it was a bit of a strange one to see it on Twitter anyway. <laughs> no, I was, um, in all fairness, I was just a bit, I was a bit surprised, you know, because I love a bit of drama in me, so I, I love to see what goes on on Twitter, especially at the football games anyway, you know, and, <laughs> um, but I, I wanted to know about, you know, your personal opinions, you know, because with the Welsh Premier League, um, because um, I, I do get a lot of people around Barry or maybe in Cardiff or something, right, it's the, the attitude towards the Welsh Premier League sometimes doesn't get enough respect yeah. in some ways because of what where it stands you know you get Cardiff, Swansea, Wrexham, Newport and maybe Merthyr you know they're playing in the English league systems and obviously no disrespect to Merthyr but it's like you see Cardiff and Swansea they, they're always up there and then you got Wrexham and Newport hovering around in the conference or the, the lower yeah. league too but it just seems to me it's like every time I mention it could be happening to Carnarvon fans and that's why I always I always give them a lot of credit because they always stick to their guns and follow Carnarvon but it's always that look down upon, you know, oh, you support that team. Well, it's no good. It's crap. So how have you ever, you know, come across uh, anyone who had that attitude? And uh, how do you always defend the league um, in, in any way? Do, do, you know, if you had to. I, I, I agree. I think from from the outside in, maybe the Welsh Premier League is, is looked um it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't paint itself in a good light at times. Whether or not that's because there's just been little instances that hasn't helped the league, like the kit clashes and getting postponed and little things like that that wouldn't happen in the in the in the in the football league. It happens in the Welsh Prem, and I just don't think it paints itself in a good picture. But I'll I'll defend the league. Um, I'll defend the league if anyone slags it off, just because I think it is a good league. Like I said earlier in the conversation, there's better players coming in into the league certainly every year and and the standard is is getting better i mean what the league what the league needs to to sort of go to the next level is we need some more european wins no doubt we need sort of tns or connor's key or even Ballot to sort of get through a champions league round or get through a couple of european rounds just to sort of paint the league in a better picture really so um it, it's it's always a tough one mate isn't it like it's 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 never i don't i think the league's got a reputation of not not being a particularly good league. Why why that is, I'm I'm unsure really. So um but no you're right. It's like I'm I'm happy to sort of stick up for it when when needed, definitely. Yeah. Uh did you get a you had a call up for the Well C squad is that right? Because yeah. what, what was that like to be around? Because obviously you you got some ballot players, then obviously Canavon and TNS yeah. and uh, uh and Barry. So what was that like to be around in yeah. that change of rooms then? That was good mate. I really enjoyed that. Um I, I I wasn't actually expecting the call up. There's some really good Welsh Welsh goalkeepers in the Welsh Prem, and I wasn't actually expecting the call up. I just got into the Welsh Prem back with Carnarvon, um, and Jonah actually pulled me before before that playing that Welsh Cup game at Bangor. He actually pulled me and sort of said, "Listen, congratulations, I'm going to pick you and whatnot." And again, I wasn't going there thinking I was going to start. Um, Ashley Morris was there, who's obviously played in the, in the Wales Sea stuff before. So when I knew I was starting, it was really really good. I mean. It was a bit of a weird one because there's so many mixes of players. There was Barry lads and there was Carnarvon lads and Bala lads. It was all over the shot. Um, 
but we actually did okay in the game. I personally didn't. I had a fucking stinker for the second goal, but we actually we actually drew two each. But it was it was a good game to play in. Like England were a good good side. We played at we played at Salford. Um, so mate, I really enjoyed that, and, and I was lucky enough to be called up the year after. But obviously, when when COVID struck, then it was no more. So hopefully, um, I've done enough. Although I haven't had a particularly good season, in my opinion, I think I've sort of done enough to to maybe knock on the knock on the door. But I know other keepers have sort of stepped up this year, and they've got some 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 really really good keepers in the league. So we'll see, we'll see, mate. So uh, final question, and I just want to say thank you again for coming on Dragon's Voice Podcast. Yeah, really, enjoyed really enjoyed it. So uh, my my final cliche question of the podcast is how do you look back on your career? Oh, that's a good one. I wish you'd told me that one. So I had a bit of a, I had planned. Um, maybe a bit, maybe a bit of an up and down career personally. I mean, I, I, I sort of stopped playing when I was 23, 24 to, to, to take up a role at Swansea Academy full time, which I, which I regret in the fact that I, I, I had to stop playing, but um, I, I think I've achieved quite a lot in my, my. I think I've played about 125 and 30 Welsh Premier League games, and hopefully I'm only 27 now, so hopefully I'll be able to sort of play until another sort of seven, eight years within the league. So, how would I look back in my career? I'd say eventful, fun, and uh, oh God, God knows what the thing is. But all I try and do is kick it as far as I can, really, mate. So. <laughs> Um, no, listen, I've had a good career. I've really enjoyed it. I've played some top, top clubs that we've spoken about. Um, I've really enjoyed it. Met some great, great people within Welsh football that I've, I've, um, I'm lucky enough to keep in contact with now. Some of my best mates play within the Welsh Premier League. So I'm lucky enough. And, and, and that's what the league's given me. Do you know what I mean? The league's given me a really good platform professionally. And it's also given me a good platform to, to build some really good friendships with, within, my, within my life. So um, I, I'm very thankful for the league for that. Um, and it's also given me plenty of howlers. I've made a number of howlers within the league and I've also had some good games. So up and down, mate, I'd describe it, but I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed my my sort of, my appearances within the Welsh Premier League. Can't speak highly enough of the league. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the Dragon's Voice podcast. Great, it means a lot. So uh, all the very best with Bala. And uh, even though this is pre-recorded, so I don't know what's going to happen afterwards, but uh, all the very <laughs> best this Saturday. So uh, you I'll see you then. <laughs> so, well, oh, I, know, I appreciate it. <laughs> but anyway, guys, thank you so much. That was Alex Ramsey on the Dragon's Voice podcast. And make sure you give a like, share, subscribe to the channel. Um, it's growing, it's growing, it's going by the minute. And I'm really enjoying it, but I'll try my very best to get as many guests on the show as much as possible. Make sure you follow me on the on Podbean as well. It, it, all the podcasts up to date are on there. So don't worry, guys, about even Spotify or just trying to listen to it on YouTube. It's there for you on Podbean, wherever you go, wherever you are. I know with COVID, you, you can't really go places but hopefully wherever you are you can listen to that uh give a follow on twitter like on facebook and i'll see you all very soon take care